This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Five degrees at 815. Good morning. I'm Sterling Fox in for the vacationing Jill Bennett. The B.C. Centre for Disease Control, Statistics Canada, and the B.C. Centre for Excellence in HIV-AIDS estimate, all of them, that more than 80,000 people are living with chronic HCV or hepatitis C in our province. The B.C. Ministry of Health has announced some new treatment access initiatives, and here to tell us about them and comment on it is uh, Dr. Alnur Ramji, a hepatitis C specialist at St. Paul's Hospital and clinical assistant professor. Professor at UBC. Dr. Ramji, welcome. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am well, thank you. Good to have you with us. Before we get into some of the specifics of what the government is announcing and so on, Dr. Ramji, for the benefit of, well, it's early in the day, <laughs> tell us about Hep C. What exactly is it? How do people get it? And is it curable? So, hepatitis C is a virus which directly affects your liver. And what happens with time, it causes chronic liver disease such that you get inflammation of the liver. When you get inflammation of the liver, essentially you get swelling of the liver. The swelling of the liver results in scar tissue buildup of the liver. And with time, people get what's called cirrhosis, where your liver is completely scarred down. So this process can take 20 or even 40 years. But the important part is that it occurs relatively slowly, but it can have significant effects. And people get liver cancers, liver failure, and may require liver transplants. All this is from the hepatitis C in the first place. Okay. And, and then going, going to the question, is this curable? Hep C is curable these days with these new treatment regimens you talk about. Interesting. Now, you mentioned it as a virus. So uh, how does one contact it typically in the first place? So the virus is, is blood-borne, so it has to be um, blood-to-blood contact. Okay. So how does persons get it? People have had it through blood transfusions, um, sometimes um, in places where we've not had good medical sterilization equipment. We've had persons get it through um, innocuous sources, vaccinations, for example, which doesn't occur today in Canada. But, you know, if you look at 40 or 50 years ago when we did not know as much, uh, there was dirty use of syringes, etc., reuse of needles potentially, mm-hmm. particularly in third world countries. Injection drug use is obviously a big source, and people did not really know about injection drug use being a source when you think back about 40 years ago. And there are a large number of persons who we don't know how they contracted Hep C. I think probably about 30-40% of my patients. And I think if you were to hone in on that, the baby boomer population is really a, a group of persons where we don't know necessarily how they got them. But they have seventy percent of all our Hep C. Interesting. So the numbers, you, yeah, the numbers you mentioned are seventy percent of patients are actually in the baby boomer group. So the Canadian Liver Foundation has suggested screening those persons born between nineteen forty-five and nineteen seventy-five just once for hepatitis C, irrespective if they've had a transplant or blood transfusion or done injection drugs, because the risk of Hep C is so high in that group. And because you can cure it, as you say. Interesting. So even if you're if you're in an age category, if you're a boomer born uh, post nineteen forty five, and you've led an exemplary life, you've not uh, uh, indulged in uh, drugs and needles and all of those sorts of dangerous behaviors uh, and, and so on, you're still at risk simply because what of your age and and of your generation. Correct. And we don't know exactly why, but part of it is probably in the context of we didn't really understand hep C dating back to 1945, 1955. 
And we're not sure of all the risk factors with regard to transmission back then in the context of could it have been that you bricked up glass shrapnel and when you get when you got a needle scrape and you bled when you went to the nurse at the, at the school, mm-hmm. the same kind of cleaning material as somebody else who had hep C. So we, we don't know the details, just the fact that 70% of the persons in that age group has hep C and therefore they should be tested. And when you look at new regimens, like the Pharmacare has recently approved, such as Eplusa, Zepatia, you know, these regimens are very effective. We're looking at cure rates in the 95, 98% range with one pill once a day for 12 weeks. Wow. And, you know, it, it is truly incredible. When you look at the side effect profiles, I have patients who are working all day. They do whatever they do in the evening, and basically that's when they're on the therapy. It's no impact on the quality of life. Uh, and, and as I said, it cures Hep C. So these new regimens can be used for all persons with Hep C. Before we used to have um, drugs which are used for certain what we call genotypes, which are subgroups of the Hep C virus. Mm-hmm. The new ones such as Epclusa can be used for all the patients. We're talking and with truly very effective. We're talking with Dr. Alnur Ramji at St. Paul's Hospital. He's a hepatitis C specialist. Uh, you talk about hepatitis C in in terms of its impacting an individual. It can take up to twenty years for it to to really become uh, a, a destructive condition. Uh, but yeah, so you talk about. Uh, uh, I'm looking at some of the material that your people supplied me with here, Dr. Ramji, uh, and and you talk about. Uh, I'm reading about things with less advanced disease, and then there's something in brackets. It's called a fibrosis score of F0 or F1. What is a fibrosis score? What does that mean? So when you get damage of the liver, you don't get um, scar tissue which occurs immediately overnight that it results in that what we call the cirrhosis or the very damaged uh, liver. Okay. It progresses slowly. So when you say 20 years, it progresses from what we call fibrosis zero level, which is really no damage, and gradually to what we call fibrosis four level, which is complete damage of the liver or cirrhosis. And that can take 20 years, but it could take up to 40 or 50 years. Okay. So F1 means a lower degree, so say minimal, F2 kind of a moderate, and F3, which you'd say extensive. And, and previously, the government used to cover only up to F2, and it, it does to most degree at these stages. However, it's also going to be opening it up next year to patients with all levels of hep C. Um, previously, patients are only treated with more advanced liver damage. Mm-hmm. Now, because of how effective and easy these drugs are to use, it's going to be opening up to everybody in the next year or so. Well, it makes even yeah, perfect probably. economic sense, doesn't it? Why not give people treatment at the early stages of the drug where, as you say, one pill a day for 12 weeks can imp- completely eradicate it rather than uh, allow them not treat them for whatever reasons have been in place uh, up till now uh, and then deal with a much more expensive treatment regimen when they get sicker? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what everybody thinks. And I must admit, we are one of the luckiest countries in the world who's had as much access as we do have with the promise of even more access in the future. Um, and, and then you talk about societal impact because, you know, it's easy enough to say, oh, let's cure the liver disease and patients will have. So once you cure the hep C, the fantastic part is the liver can regenerate. I think it's the smartest organ. I'm biased, but the liver can truly regenerate. So you potentially have less complications of liver failure and liver cancer in the future. Interesting. We have less patients going on to liver transplants than we did five years ago for hep C. 
we don't have very many parts of the human body that are capable of regeneration. We, we look at the animal species that can grow extra tails when they lose one and all that sort of thing. Humans aren't typically equipped that way, but with the liver is a notable exception, isn't it? It is in that kind. But, you know, at the same time, you have to be careful that there's no other vices. So, you know, if you're hep C and you have alcohol and you have what's called fatty liver disease, these things can get worse. So, you know, these new drugs can affect us, can cure hep C, then you've got to take care of the liver. And these drugs, like I say, are very, very effective. Um, so then in combination with the new treatment regimens for uh, hepatitis C, particularly at its early stages, I gather that in, in tandem with taking these pills, uh, there are certain lifestyle changes that accompany it with respect to diet, drinking, and other behaviors. The way I'd phrase it is essentially you want to lead a healthy life. What you think of as a healthy life, consuming no more than one drink in a 24-hour period and, you know, five drinks a week, you're pretty safe as a female and maybe a tad bit more as a male. And aspects about keeping healthy, you know, watch what you eat. You want to exercise regularly. You don't want to become obese. You know, all those things that make sense. But in hep C, you cure the hep C. It has not only personal improvements, but societal improvements. There's less transmission, potentially, depending which group of hep C persons you are. And on top of that, when you cure a patient with hep C, and it's hard to put into words, but people function better. There is, and I think it's a weight lifted, as many patients have said. Uh, the families are happier. Unfortunately, hep C has been stigmatizing because of the injection drug use aspect of it. Right, right. But as you pointed out, we don't know. We, we have a large baby boomer population that have it for reasons we don't always know. Mm-hmm. And it, it's time to get away from the stigmatization because you can cure hep C with his effective therapies. Uh, was there a point that, that hep C was considered to be a dangerous, perhaps life-threatening condition? And how long ago was that? I think that is still today. So um, hep C does result in liver cancers in about 3% of patients who have cirrhosis. And it's not infrequently that I get liver cancers in my practice, probably about 2,000 a year. And in liver failure, where we probably send off to transplant, um, you know, when you look at the highest rate of transplant, it has been for hep C over the last few years. It's now declining because of new drugs such as Eplusa, Zepatir, etc., Harvoni. But it, it is still life-threatening. Oh, okay. So, so not to, to diminish, simply because you may have an early stage of this condition, uh, it is to be treated seriously at all stages and, and dealt with as quickly and effectively as possible. You're right, because we don't always know what stage. And I think an important aspect is patients will sometimes uh, nullify what they have because they feel so well. You could feel well with hep C and yet have significant liver damage. Uh, and the symptoms don't always follow the amount of damage, if that makes sense. So people say, well, I feel well, I can't have bad disease, when in fact they can have cirrhosis. Particularly when you look again at the baby boomer population, 70% of complications, i.e. liver cancers and liver failure, occur in that population because they've had it for so long. Right. And I suppose and then, that the danger would be that if you, you, you feel well and you're on this medication program for a number of weeks, and but I feel terrific. I don't need to bother taking these pills anymore. I'm okay now. Does that yeah. happen? You know, I think, no, I think that people, once they realize they have hep C and they know the process of what it can do and they start the therapies, 
people take care of themselves. They really do. Um, that's what I've seen. They take care of themselves. They want to follow up to make sure that the liver is getting better with time. We have what's called the fiber scan, which shows how much damage is in the liver. Right. And when I look at patients treated five years ago to now, we can gradually literally see the liver improving and reshaping to get less damage than it has. Encouraging news. It is encouraging news, and it's good to speak to you this morning on a very positive note about a very serious subject, Dr. Ramji. Thank you so much for your time. It's good to speak with you today. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Have a good day. You too, sir. Dr. Alnur Ranji, uh, hepatitis C specialist over at St. Paul's and a clinical professor at UBC as well. It's 827 Sterling Fox in for Jill Bennett. Back with you first thing tomorrow morning. Michael Campbell and Money Talks after the news. Have a great day. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.